This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The legal victory for a masterpiece cake shop in refusing to create a special wedding cake celebrating same-sex marriage is just one case among many of those who are forced to choose between their faith and economic ruin. Other cases are also working their ways through the legal system. One such case involves another bakery, Sweet Cakes by Melissa in the state of Oregon. Bakery owners Aaron and Melissa Klein declined to create a special wedding cake for a lesbian couple. As a result, the state of Oregon put them out of business and then fined them $135,000. The Kleins are still fighting for their right to practice their faith and vocation, and they've appealed to the Oregon State Supreme Court. They're represented by the First Liberty Institute. First Liberty Attorney Jeremy Dice discusses the Sweet Cakes by Melissa case with me on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. I'm Kip Allen with the KFUO News Update. A Missouri judge refused to block a regulation Monday that requires abortion facilities to have a doctor available to treat women who experience emergency complications from drug-induced abortions. U.S. District Judge Beth Phillips said Planned Parenthood failed to show how the regulation is a substantial burden to a large fraction of women seeking medical abortion. Last year, a Planned Parenthood facility in Kansas City, Missouri, began committing abortions twice a week. Now, less than a year later, abortions have ceased there, as the facility struggles to find an abortionist willing to do the job. But the lack of a doctor willing to commit abortions for Planned Parenthood wasn't the only factor in its decision to halt abortions there. According to the pro-life group Operation Rescue, women were not getting nearly as many abortions as expected. Many did not return after the required 72-hour waiting period, and during the first week of committing abortions, 8 out of 11 women who obtained informed consent instead used resources and support made available to them by pro-lifers. In Columbia, Planned Parenthood still commits abortions, but like in Kansas City, the demand is low. Abortions are only available two days each month. Less than two weeks after the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear a case that would have allowed Planned Parenthood to continue offering medication abortions in Arkansas, the abortion organization asked a federal judge to reconsider the ruling. Planned Parenthood attorneys asked U.S. District Judge Christine Baker on Friday to block Arkansas's law that requires doctors who provide medication abortions to have a contract with another physician having a hospital admitting privilege. Planned Parenthood became no longer able to administer medication abortions at its three locations in the state following the Supreme Court's May 28th refusal to hear a suit against Arkansas's Abortion-Inducing Drug Safety Act. This has been a KFUO News Update. World Liquor News Digest will be back right after these messages. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio.
ദിസ് ഇസ് വേൾഡ് ലൂത്രൻ ന്യൂസ് ഡൈജസ്റ്റ് ഇത് ലോക ലൂത്രൻ വാർത്താ പരിപാടി ആകുന്നു യാ വിശ്വ ലൂത്രൻ സമാചാർ ഹൈ World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The U.S. Supreme Court has recently ruled in the case of Masterpiece Cake Shop. He's a cake designer who declined to make a cake for a gay wedding. The court said that he was within his rights under the free of exercise clause of the First Amendment. However, his case is not the only one facing a similar problem. One of those cases is Sweet Cakes by Melissa. First Liberty Institute has been defending them. On the line with me today is Mr. Jeremy Dice, who's Deputy General Counsel for First Liberty Institute. Mr. Dice, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Well, what's your take on what happened Monday with the Supreme Court ruling? Well, I think the Supreme Court determined, I think once again, that the First Amendment prohibits the government from forcing Americans to violate their religious beliefs. Uh, and I, I think they spent a long time, and, and frankly, seven votes, agreed that what the Colorado Civil Rights Commission had engaged in here was open religious hostility against Jack Phillips and his religious beliefs. Uh, and it was a good correction from the Supreme Court by Justice Kennedy to remind the government that the government has to remain neutral to one's religious beliefs, and they cannot engage in religious hostility towards the religious beliefs of its citizens. One of the things that happened in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case was a, uh, at least one member of the Colorado Civil Rights Commission openly spoke against religion in a very denigrating uh, way. And uh, this was never repudiated by other commissioners and was never repudiated all the way up through the legal system up to and including the Supreme Court. And that was one of the main reasons why they ruled in his favor. Does this apply to Sweet Cakes with Melissa? Was she also openly, face openly hostile uh, to religious uh, uh, findings? Yeah, look, I think the, the Kleins deserve the same protection from a hostile government that uh, that was given against Jack Phillips as well. Uh, look, in our in our case, in the Kleins case, it was the Bureau of Labor and Industries there in the state of Oregon, and, and you had a commissioner there or a uh, a leader of their their bureaucracy there that uh, was openly hostile in their religious belief towards the religious beliefs of Aaron and Melissa Klein. The reason why this is so important is that when a government official pronounces you as outside the world of polite citizenry, right? It pronounces you to be in discrimination. That gives license to every citizen to act like they can treat you with hostility. In other words, when a state government, when a government of any kind or government actor is openly hostile to your religious beliefs, it is communicating a license to the rest of the citizenry to be hostile to your religious beliefs as well. So what did we find? We found that Aaron and Melissa were subject to uh, vandalism, We found that their social media accounts were, were just littered with um, just some of the most vile stuff you've ever heard. People talking about how Melissa would look better with two bullet holes in her head, hoping that their children would get cancer and die. This is shocking, but it's not terribly surprising. When the government is openly hostile to your religious beliefs, why would we expect the citizens to be anything less than what the government has set the example of? But again, there was a very specific instance in the case with Masterpiece where uh, religious faith was being used as an excuse for slavery or for the Holocaust and said it was despicable and uh, just rhetoric. And Justice Kennedy came down very, very hard on that. Is this quite the same here? It's one thing to say, well, I don't like what this guy says. It's another thing to say, oh, you're evil, you're despicable, you're out of it. 
Yeah, no, there's very similar language to that, even in uh, in uh, the Klein's case. Uh, and again, if it's uh, if it's not there, although it is at the Bureau of Labor and Industries, certainly the people, the citizens themselves, once they see the government being hostile towards the religious beliefs of Aaron and Melissa Klein, they themselves have engaged in even more vile conversation, where you're hearing of of death threats and and again hoping that their children have cancer and, and die. Look, no one in America should be forced by the government to choose between their faith and their livelihood. But that's exactly what happened to our clients, the bakers of Aaron and Melissa Klein. Uh, and no one should have the full hostility of the government taken against the against them for their religious beliefs. But that's exactly what uh, both Jack Phillips as well as Aaron and Melissa Klein have faced in their circumstances. And the court ruled essentially that Rulings can be made, and in fact, the rulings have to be based on neutrality, not on open hostility, which was the case here. Although there seemed to be the implication that Jack Phillips could have lost this case had the Colorado Civil Rights Commission simply ruled against him without those uh, anti-religious sentiments. What's more frightening is that you have at least two justices of the Supreme Court that would agree right now that even with the negative comments, the clear religious hostility that the commission engaged in, Jack Phillips should be guilty of discrimination anyway. It's even more frightening that Justices Sotomayor and Ginsburg would vote to to confirm the Civil Rights Commission's actions and their decision. That was going to be my next observation. As you pointed out, both uh, Justices uh, Sotomayor and Ginsburg, although they openly agreed that the commission was hostile to religion, they essentially said it didn't matter that he was still in violation of the law. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's at times like this that I've got to actually resort to to agreeing with the ACLU. Uh, the ACLU was actually on the other side of this case, but uh, on their website, I think still today, they have a section about uh, laws governing freedom of expression. And one of the lines that they have in there, which I completely agree with, says that freedom of expression for ourselves requires freedom of expression for others. I think that's exactly what Justice Kennedy has been talking about. He spent a lot of time in his decision talking about the, the need for tolerance, that it's a two-way street. Uh, his, his questions and argument were of the same character, that even if we have disagreements with one another, we have a constitution here that allows us to be in disagreement and yet call each other neighbors. No one should be punished by the government for having their religious beliefs that, that may differ from their neighbors and may even differ from the perspective of the government. We should be free to be able to live according to our religious beliefs and not have the government come after us with hostility. Another point that was brought out in the decision was there had been uh, three other cases that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission heard about bakers who had refused to bake a cake that had uh, messages that were could be that were against gay marriage, and they said, "Oh, that's okay." And what Justice Kennedy had said basically is that the, it, it's not the government's job to judge what is offensive. At least if they do, they've got to do it on an equal basis. Whereas uh, Mr. Phillips would regard gay marriage as offensive, but that didn't count. The other side did. And uh, there was that other point that was really brought out here was that if you're going to apply the law, it must be applied equally. And that was not done in this case. So that's exactly right. That, that just appeals to our basic sense of fairness for everyone. Uh, and, and the reality is that the underlying point here 
is that it's not the government's job to determine either the sincerity of someone's beliefs or the rightness of someone's religious beliefs. It's the job of the government to ensure that it itself is simply neutral towards the religious beliefs and the free exercise of those beliefs of, of the individuals in this country. Uh, and, but that was not afforded either to Jack uh, Phillips, nor was it afforded to Aaron and Melissa Klein. We believe that the case against the clients has been tainted by the same anti-religious bias that caused the U.S. Supreme Court to rule for Masterpiece Cake Shop on the free exercise grounds. And that's another issue that's been brought up, uh, is that Jack Phillips actually appealed on two bases. One, the free exercise clause, and the other one is free speech clause. And uh, the free speech clause was not really addressed in the majority ruling on this thing, although Justice Kennedy, in, uh, pardon me, Justice Thomas, in his uh, concurring, uh, in his concurrence, it, it really did address it specifically. And I have a feeling this is going to come back again to the court this time under the free speech guise. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. In fact, the, the Justice, Justice uh, Kennedy said in his, his majority opinion that, quote, if a baker refused to design a special cake with words or images celebrating the marriage, that might be different from a refusal to sell any cake at all, unquote. Well, I think there's no dispute that the clients only sold custom cakes, so their case squarely presents the free speech question that the court avoided in Masterpiece. So perhaps the client is going to be the next case to go up to the Supreme Court, because I've been following a couple of the, uh, the others. For example, we have the case of Arlene's Flowers, which is also being handled by Alliance Defending Freedom, which handled the Masterpiece Cake Shop case. Uh, they had wanted the case, two cases to be heard together. The Supreme Court declined. It just heard this one, and now we'll find out where that one's going to go. But this is a little bit of a different situation. What's going to be? What's the next step now for sweet cakes? Are you going to go up to the Supreme Court now? Well, this case, is, Aaron and Melissa's case, has been uh, held at the Oregon State Court of Appeals. And I, I think the court has largely been waiting to see what the Supreme Court was going to do. Now that the Supreme Court has uh, made its decision, uh, we'll wait on the Supreme Court of Oregon or the Oregon Supreme Court to uh, make its decision as to whether or not they want to hear Aaron and Melissa's case. Uh, depending on how that goes, that could uh, set up an opportunity for Aaron and Melissa to present their concerns to the Supreme Court of the United States. And uh, First Liberty is prepared to go to the Supreme Court if necessary in this case. Of course, we're willing to defend religious liberty wherever we might have to do that, whether that's at the lowest district court or the Supreme Court of the United States. One thing I had heard this morning on a, another talk show that I found very disturbing is that although uh, Mr. Phillips has suffered very severe uh, commercial loss, financial loss, because of, uh, because of this case, he lost over 40 to 60 percent of his business, for example. He's, uh, he has uh, amassed numerous expenses in the case. He has no recourse. He cannot get any of this finance recouped. Is this going to be the same situation with, uh, with the Sweet Cakes by Melissa? I mean, heck, they were put out of business. They were penalized $135,000 uh, because of, of, of their, uh, their actions here. Uh, it, that money has been held uh, by the state of Oregon. And so if this decision could be turned around, that money would come back to Aaron and Melissa Klein. So there's that little bright layer of hope that is available to Aaron and Melissa Klein right now. But like as you observed, these things take a lot of time. Jack Phillips' case started, I think, in 2012, around the same time that Aaron and Melissa's case started as well. Uh, there's been a great toll that these people have, have had to undertake, both Jack Phillips and Aaron and Melissa Klein and others. But this is why we have a com country that is committed 
committed to defending the religious freedom and ensuring the neutrality of its government towards the religious beliefs of its citizens. When the government acts hostile towards the religious beliefs, beliefs of its citizens, bad things happen. Lives are ruined. That's why we must insist upon our government to be neutral in all matters concerning religion. We have a situation here that uh, the court has not really resolved, and I'm not sure if or how they're going to be able to do it, is we have got a direct conflict, at least as it's being viewed, between two rights. One is the right to free exercise and free speech and compelled speech, and the other is the right of uh, of gays to, ha- to, to uh, engage in the same type of commerce. And how is that going to be resolved? Well, I actually disagree that there has to be a, uh, a difference of opinion on those things or a contrast in them. Frankly, I believe that the, uh, the two can coexist. I think the Supreme Court has indicated that in Justice Kennedy's opinion. Uh, whatever your feelings may be on the issue of same-sex marriage, we ought to at least remain committed, as we have for over 200 years in this country, to ensuring that people can have their religious beliefs free from punishment by the government for doing so. Uh, that should be just a no-brainer for everyone here. Uh, that we can have dignity, that they can provide um, uh, uh, respect and, and, if you want to call it so, equality on, on certain matters. But we can have a freedom to have our religious beliefs without expecting either the government to be hostile towards our religious beliefs, and if they are, then having our neighbors and everyone else hostile as well. In other words, everyone should have the religious beliefs. They should be free to hold them without punishment, and we should expect that every one of us can disagree, even uh, fiercely if we have to, and yet call each other neighbors. One of the fascinating things to me about Supreme Court rulings is you'll have the majority ruling, then you'll have concurring rulings, and then you'll have the dissent rulings, and there's a whole series of different messages that are coming out. One of the non-spoken messages that I find intriguing is that the main ruling here was written by Justice Kennedy, who was also the author of the Obergefell decision that legalized gay marriage. Is there a hidden message here? I think if there is anything, the, the reality is that uh, whatever he said in Obergefell and whatever the, the court has held now in Obergefell and whatever that means, he at least wants to send the message clearly that at least one of those paragraphs was very important within Obergefell, where he said that uh, people are, are, are able to have, their, uh, to have their beliefs and teach according to those convictions that are so central to their lives. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course, what he actually said mm-hmm. in the Obergefell opinion, but he raised it again in his opinion here in, in Masterpiece. And that is to say that, look, folks, the First Amendment still applies here, that the government cannot be hostile towards the religious beliefs of its citizens. And if they do, they have a- acted against the Constitution and they must be corrected for it. And Justice Thomas explicitly raised this issue in his dissent in Obergefell. Indeed he did, and he raised it again in his concurrence here, as did Justice Gorsuch, citing also uh, Justice uh, Scalia and I think Justice Roberts, if I remember correctly. Uh, The point is that there are seven justices that are are in agreement that the state of Colorado was openly hostile towards the religious beliefs of Jack Phillips. Uh, And if that is the case, then I think it's only logical that um, other courts have got to find, and maybe even including the Supreme Court of, of Oregon or the United States, they have to agree that the state of Oregon Oregon has been hostile towards Aaron and Melissa Klein. How are we going to achieve a national consensus on this? You know, we've got 50 separate states. How are we going to resolve this on a national basis? 
I don't know. I think we've already resolved it in the First Amendment that allows us to be able to have our religious beliefs without the government forcing its uh, its positions upon us or punishing us for having a religious belief that is counter to what those occupying places of power think that it should be. Uh, if we simply abide by that document, if we abide by the 200-plus years that we've had uh, living under the freedom that is provided by the First Amendment and the protection that it provides to the free exercise of its people, then I think we should be a better country for it. Well, as was pointed out, uh, we've got all sorts of jurisdictions here. There are people who are not going to go along with this decision, and we have other things uh, yet to fight. Uh, we've got a long ways to go, uh, and I, I, I'm not a lawyer, but I did read the decision, and I certainly got the impression that uh, Justice Kennedy and the majority ruling was saying that, indeed, we could, under certain circumstances, force the bakers to bake these cakes, things along that line. You know, I, again, he said that as those are issues that are left for another day, and so we'll have to wait to see what those factual situations uh, come down to be. But we know in the case of Jack Phillips, we know in the case of Aaron and Melissa Klein, that the government has acted with religious hostility, uh, and that is absolutely forbidden. And seven justices of the Supreme Court agree that the government cannot engage in open hostility towards the religious beliefs of its citizens, and when they do the government must correct that situation immediately. Could this argument be even stronger in the case of Sweet Cakes by Melissa, where not only were they essentially put out of business, but they were given this huge fine as well? I mean, they were punished, not just told to correct. They were punished for their stand. I think so. No, I, I agree with you that uh, this has been uh, an unnecessary punishment and something that uh, should not have been the case and clearly has been motivated by an anti-religious bias that uh, has tainted the decisions of both the Colorado Civil Rights Commission as well now in our case, Aaron and Melissa Klein's case, of the uh, Bureau of Labor and Industry in, in Oregon. Uh, and so it'll be up to the courts to sort that out. But uh, we're certainly going to continue to make that argument that, that no one should be punished for simply exercising their religious beliefs. One other thing that happened in this case that I found very encouraging was that the uh, federal government, the, uh, the, uh, the current administration, actually filed an amicus brief in favor of Masterpiece. Now, they, this didn't happen under the prior administration. We certainly find an administration that seems to be encouraging religious freedom more so than we've seen in the past. Yeah, I think so. And at least we have a government that isn't actively fighting against the religious beliefs of its citizens uh, or trying to rename religious liberty to something like a freedom of worship that is uh, so small and insular that it's barely worth having. Uh, what the Founding Fathers wanted and what I think this uh, Department of Justice and this administration is committed to is a robust religious freedom that allows people to be able to exercise their religious beliefs in all matters, whether that's at school, whether that's in the military, whether that is in the public square itself or even in, in the houses of worship. Uh, it is one that is committed to ensuring that everyone in America has the freedom to exercise their religious beliefs without the punishment by the government if you, uh, if you do. I think that was also the case with, uh, with Sweet Cakes by Melissa, where the, uh, the board there had said that she, they could not take their religion into the workplace. 
That's exactly right. And, and that, that is completely counter to 200-plus years of jurisprudence in this country that, that encourages people to be able to live lives of religious belief that are, uh, that, that are consistent with their own convictions and that, are, that is going to be able to allow you to, uh, to believe something on Sunday morning and then carry it into your place of business on Monday morning as well. That's perfectly consistent with our Constitution and ought to be celebrated. Another aspect that came up was uh, whether or not the artistic endeavor of creating this particular cake actually is a, an expression if it actually is a, an expressive comment. I found it interesting that uh, Justices Sotomayor and uh, Ginsburg said, no, it was not. In fact, they even, I think, misquoted or misread Justice Thomas, who was very clear that, yeah, it is a comment. You walk in and say, yes, this is a wedding cake. This is something that is celebrating a, a, a sacred marriage. Yeah, and I think it was Justice Gorsuch that even pointed out that at its most basic level, a wedding cake is, yeah, a cake. It's ingredients, flour and sugar and all that that go into an oven and comes out as a delectable dessert, right? But uh, he also said that's at its most basic definition, but at its most expansive definition, this is clearly a work of art that's conveying a message, whether that is, uh, you know, uh, congratulations on your graduation, or in this case, in these cases, uh, whether or not it is a part of the celebration. In other words, this was not simply a cake that was sitting on the shelf that someone came in and said, hey, I want that cake, and the guy said, no, you can't have that cake. That's completely different. That's a totally different factual situation in which we do not have here. I think there is some indication within the, the court, even now, a majority of the court, that would say, look, if there's people that are invested in this process, that are creating this customized approach, that are participating with individuals in the creation of this message, then, yeah, they've got a right to be able to speak consistently with that. For example, Jack Phillips, as well as the Kleins, they would decline to to do uh, to convey other messages as well, whether that's about uh, Halloween or uh, you know alcohol or or things that are are, are 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 disturbing to their own consciences as well beyond this issue. Uh, that's consistent, and we want to have the freedom for people to be able to to operate their businesses consistent with their convictions, rather than being punished by the government if they do. How long do you think it's going to be before we hear any more from uh, Sweet Cakes? You know, it, it's any day. It could happen today. It could happen six months from now. It's just up to the Oregon Supreme Court as to when they want to make the decision of whether or not they're going to um, to, to take the case or send it back down for further information or, or, or what have you. But we're going to hear. I hope so. Mr. Dice, I want to thank you so much for being on the program today. You've certainly given us some food for thought and illuminated a lot of the issues. Great. Thanks for having me. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.